The cross is the guardian of the whole earth. The cross is the beauty of the church. The cross is the strength of kings. The cross is the support of the faithful. The cross is the glory of angels and wonder of demons. The Feast of the Holy Cross, the universal exaltation of the precious and life-giving cross, is celebrated on September 14th, early in the church year, reminding us of the central importance of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ our Savior. The cross is the greatest symbol of the Christian faith. It stands empty as a bold emblem not only to the cruelty that was inflicted on the very Son of God, but as a profound reminder of his life-giving resurrection. cross is elevated today and the world is sanctified. For you who did sit together with the Father and the Holy Spirit by extending out your hands on it, O Christ, didst draw the whole world toward a knowledge of you. Therefore deem worthy of divine glory those who believe in you. On the day of the feast, the cross is placed on a tray decorated with a wreath of flowers and fragrant basil which rests on the altar. The priest places the tray on his head, proceeds around the altar, and processes through the nave. He then approaches the center of the nave, places the tray on a table there, senses it, and then venerates it. This procession normally takes place during the great doxology of Orthros, but to allow more people to experience it, it is often moved to the end of the divine liturgy. The priest lifts the cross towards the east, the north, the west, the south, and then the east again. This rite signifies the cross being lifted up to the four corners of the earth, reaching the entire world. The salvation of the cross is for all peoples, hence the name of the feast, the universal exaltation of the cross. Then the faithful approach the cross and venerate it reverently. The feast of the exaltation is always celebrated as a fast from meat, fish, and other animal products, although oil and wine may be used. The leave-taking of the feast is celebrated one week later on September 21st, when many of the prayers and hymns from the exaltation are repeated. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. You see in the background the scene of Jerusalem, also, and the bishop in some sort of platform holding up a cross for the people to see uh, in imitation of two things. Probably the action, historically, that when it was found, the bishop wanted to hold it up for everyone to see, I found it, this is the one kind of moment that anybody naturally would want to do but also in imitation of the liturgical action that takes place in church. So the iconography and the liturgical action are mimicking one another in some ways. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine inheritance, granting to Orthodox Christians victory over the enemy and guarding thy commonwealth by thy cross. The exaltation of the Holy Cross commemorates the recovery of the cross from the Persians by the Emperor Heraclius, who defeated them in the year 628. At that time, the Emperor took back the cross which had been plundered by the Persians when they sacked Jerusalem in 614. 
the emperor humbly presented the cross to Patriarch Zacharias, who lifted it up before the congregation, which venerated it reverently. Hence the name of the feast, the Elevation of the Cross. Most faithful are quite familiar with the story of this event. St. Helen, the devout mother of Constantine the Great, made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem in the year 325. The Emperor Hadrian had built a temple to Aphrodite over the site of the crucifixion. In searching for the cross, St. Helen leveled the temple, discovering three crosses underneath the rubble. Some icons, you'll see a big pot of basil growing at the site where they dug to find the cross. It's one of the traditions with that. And of course, basil's also a play on the words. Basil coming from Vasilico, which means of the king. So there's, they put two and two together to find it um, as, the, as the signal that this might be the right place. Unsure of which was the true cross, at the suggestion of St. Macarius, a sick person was placed on each of the crosses. Upon touching the true cross, he was healed. Helen took a portion of the cross home with her to Constantinople, leaving the remainder in Jerusalem, in a magnificent church she had built. It remained there until the Persians took the city in 614. It wasn't until Constantine banned using crucifixion as a means of execution that the cross came out of the closet and Christians could celebrate the cross as a sign and as the, the joyous symbol that it really is. But far be it from me to glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. When we contemplate the cross, we must remember that it was a gruesome symbol of humiliation, torture, and death. Yet when it was presented to the faithful at that historic occasion, it was not shunned, but venerated and embraced. Ultimately, this feast is a celebration of the cross's transformation from an instrument of cruel, shameful torture into a sign of life. The other thing that's interesting about it is just the title, The Exaltation of the Cross, because the cross is something that's painful and humiliating and um, really difficult to endure. So to exalt it already implies some kind of a reversal in our view of the world. The main significance of the feast is the uh, spiritual uh, significance of the cross itself. And when Christians refer to the cross itself, we refer actually to the death of Christ. And here we need to be very careful and informed as Christians because oftentimes we may do a certain service around the cross and venerate the cross, but the significance of the cross is not merely the symbol <laughs> or certainly the wood or the metal or the beauty of it, it's the fact that Jesus of Nazareth died on the cross for our salvation. So whenever we lift up the cross, we remember the redemptive significance of Christ. That oftentimes the cross is seen by some Christians as a kind of negative uh, symbol of uh, sacrifice, of uh, um, being always somber and serious and gloomy uh, and the whole idea of suffering like uh, it makes a Christianity that is joyless and so on. Uh, that's nothing, nothing further from the truth. When Christ said, 
to deny ourselves, to pick up the cross and follow him, uh, doesn't mean to deny the love we have for our spouses, for our children, for our work, and so on. It means to deny our sinful sense. Uh, our, our sense of autonomy not to follow God's ways. So the cross, if I may put it uh, uh, briefly, it's as, as it is said, it's a plus sign. It's not a minus. Okay? It's an affirmation of our true self created in the image and likeness of God. There's nothing more beautiful than Christ than the way of Christ. And that's certainly an affirmation. If it's any a denial, it's a denial of evil and the power of sin and death in the world. Such a response defies human logic. No other object that inflicted pain, suffering, and death has become a symbol of joy, peace, and love, and ultimately of victory. This is why St. Paul said, For the word of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved it is the power of God. There's a beautiful hymn that focuses uh, on an event in the Old Testament in the elevation of the Holy Cross, where it's a fight between the Jewish people, uh, Moses standing up on, on a hill, and Amalek. Uh, Amalek representing uh, Satan, uh, and the Jews obviously representing the, the, the church militant here, here on earth. And they're able to uh, triumph, the Jews are able to triumph, as long as they keep their eyes focused up on Moses as he's holding up his arms being held up by uh, two individuals, two of his lieutenants. And that becomes the image, obviously, of the cross being lifted up on high. And as long as we keep looking up at that cross, the struggle, the fight, is we're able to, to, uh, to defeat Amalek, uh, who fights against Christians and fights against humanity, uh, for generation for generation. Through the cross, Amalek has been destroyed. He, he, uh, his uh, bite doesn't have any sting any, anymore, as we know from the from resurrection. But it gives us the good news. And, and if an Orthodox Christian can walk away with something from the Feast of the, of the Holy Cross, it's not just that the cross was found by Helen uh, and Constantine, you know, historically, but the issue is can we find it spiritually so that hi that historical event becomes an important spiritual milestone in our own lives. And we realize that when we struggle in this life, and I'm not talking about physical struggle necessarily, uh, or political or, or economic or th those kinds of struggles, I'm talking about the spiritual struggle in our life, uh, we realize that we can only be victorious if we keep our eyes on the cross on high. Hence, the, 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 uh, the patriarch raises the, the cross and people see it, and we should see it not as, as mere history, but as a spiritual weapon as well. In Orthodox worship, we make a sign of the cross so often. And of course, the sign is a very deep uh, gesture. It is not only saying that when we make a sign of the cross, of course, it's the most simplest confession of faith, faith in the Trinity uh, of God and of two natures of Christ. That's how we fold our fingers and we place the sign of the cross upon ourselves, confessing, confirming the fact that we are with our own lives, our own brokenness, our own sinfulness, we are truly uh, a part and particle of that cross upon which Christ is crucified. And we offer ourselves with, with, with humility to Christ so that as he had transformed that cross into a symbol of life, so also we and our own lives will be transfigured and brought back to communion with him. Unfortunately, Today, the cross has become a cliché. We see it not only treated as a mere decoration, but as an item to be desecrated, 
as we see in modern art and in witchcraft symbols. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. It's nice the idea of exalting the cross because there's something very adult about it. It seems to me a lot of Christian spirituality is really about helping a person mature and helping a person to uh, face the difficulties of life in a straightforward way, in a head-on way, without too much self-pity and whining. Christ was not crucified, so we will not be crucified. Um, he wasn't crucified instead of us. So, in a sense, this is um, a sign for our life also, that there will be crosses in our life that hopefully will lead us to salvation. Yeah. Sometimes we have diseases and so forth, and even healings of diseases, and people like St. Chrysostom says, why does this happen? And what does it mean when someone who is about to die is healed and does not die? Well, what he says is, this means more crosses. In other words, uh, more opportunities to witness. So this is the Christian, this is the Christian life. Um, so what we take from the Feast of the Cross, of course, is the fact that um, we have to bear our own crosses, whatever they are. Uh, how does that lived in our lives? Well, through the cross resurrection of Christ, we are lifted up from earth to heaven, from our sinful passions to a holiness of life, uh, from the captivity of the power of sin and death to the freedom of the Holy Spirit uh, in the life that we have in Christ. So Jesus said, be cross bearers, Take up my cross. Take up my way, not your way. And do things the way I taught, the way I lived them out. So the implications then of celebrating the cross and wearing crosses like I do is to remember the sacrifice of Christ, which he did out of love and out of divine power to destroy the power of evil, and for us then to conform to that pattern of life following Christ as cross-bearers. As believers, the cross reminds us that we must take up our own cross, for as members of the body of Christ, we are called upon to participate in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, the exact meaning of our baptism. We do so by sacrificing our own lives for all those around us. In fact, unless we face the adversity of our own cross, we cannot be transformed into the likeness of God but will remain imprisoned in our own flawed natures. Whether that means spending an hour with a sick friend, sending a gift to victims of a natural disaster, or volunteering for mission work in a far-off country, we participate in the strange wisdom of suffering and redemption the cross represents. It is only through sharing in the struggles, grief, and pain of our neighbor that we can take up our own cross, and in so doing, realize, in the foolish wisdom of God, the peace which passeth all understanding. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen.